0: From it here with Ally Alerigo schoolintertalk.com. Good morning, Ali. Good to be with you today,
1: sir. Yeah, good morning, Duane, and uh, I apologize to uh, to all the listeners if my voice is so hoarse. We ran a tournament yesterday in our first one off of Long Island. We ran it in Brooklyn. Um, what a great day. I mean, just really amazing competitors and um, uh, you know a great venue. We had about it was, it's the first time I was doing it. We had over 200 competitors, probably close to a thousand spectators but I'm the one announcing all day long and talking on the mic, so I'm a little hoarse right now, and I think, I think I'm getting a little bit of a cold. Oh, well, you'll have to take some time off, right? <laughs> yeah, I wish. Maybe tomorrow on, ele- on, uh, on Election Day.
0: So we've got a, a great interview planned for our uh, podcast listeners today, and, and uh, he's a friend of yours, and I'll let you kind of give the backdrop and, and introduce him so that we can get right into the content.
1: Yeah and and not only a friend but a really good friend and we we're probably we probably know each other for over 20 years I think I haven't done the math but um this this gentleman and I met uh on the set of an audition for a movie back in 1996ish around there and and um you know we were the only and this is where it, it's kind of kismet because we were at a table of like 20 people and we got sat in front of each other And then we, um, you know, got to talking, and I honestly believe from that very day on, we were best of friends. And he's a great martial artist of the highest integrity. Um, When I need to talk to someone sometimes, he's my guy to go to as far as counseling goes, like you and I, Dwayne, counsel each other. Um, He's a family man and a really phenomenal martial artist, which I have to point out because, you know, Sometimes people have one thing and not the other. Sometimes they're martial artists, sometimes they're businessmen, but this is a, a phenomenal martial artist, a phenomenal businessman, and a phenomenal family man, just overall great guy. Um, so I want to introduce you to my good friend, John Gaston from Springfield, Illinois, and uh, John, it's just a pleasure to have you with us today. Well, thanks. It was it was great to be asked, and I appreciate that. those kind words.
2: Those
1: yeah, no problem. Well, I mean every word of it. I'm not... And you, I know yeah. you know that, but yeah, cool no, to have. Yep. Yeah, thanks, bud. So, so for the listeners, you know, we love Dwayne and I love to. And, and by the way, you know, we just like to start a conversation, chat about different things, and and get your opinion as a as. A, and i we say this quite often, Dwayne and I. were holding up our quote fingers, uh, you know, as a successful martial artist who's kind of lived through ups and downs. You know, you had some schools and they were massive and then you had, you know, had some struggle, well, you sold some schools and then you reopened and then you had some struggles with program managers and different employees, just like we all have, you know, where we, you know, we trust in people and so on. So uh, it was, you know, you've been through the grommet with everything, so we just love that you're here with us to share that with us. So I want to start off. So give us quick, just a quick history. you know how long you've been teaching how long you've been running your schools and tell us a little bit about what I just mentioned yeah well you know
2: it's I always say I ended up teaching by mistake it was never you know I got into the martial arts at it three times when I was nine when I was 15 when I was 18 I got back into the martial arts at a community college and uh, it's a two-year college so you know just just got into it really started competing and, and loving it right from the beginning and um it finally hit you know and – but like all community colleges, the, the Black Belt instructor was actually growing up and taking a job somewhere, and it was a part of a satellite program of a main school in town. Was was my um, – his instructor, who became my instructor at that stage, come in one time, and he said, hey, listen, it, it, it was an intramural program that we literally taught in a hallway at a community college. right. Um, uh, on hard tile floor. I mean, it was, there was no perfect setting. But he comes in, he goes, hey, listen, uh, Dave's moving. He's going to take a job in Tennessee. And I think I was a purple belt at the time, um, and the other guy was a green belt. And he offered both of us the opportunity to teach. And in exchange, we would get to be able to train at the main academy free. And my hand just automatically went up. I'm like, I'm in. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it it was neat because, I, you know, I had no clue how to teach. But I knew I just loved it, and I knew that it connected with me, and there was something that always resonated with the martial arts that kept drawing me back to it. And um, so I took over, and right from there, I remember the first test we had after the first semester, and it was awesome because here's guys that were my age coming up after they would shake the head instructor's hand and get their certificate and stuff, hugging me and getting emotional about what I did for them. And I'm just like, wow. I, I didn't, and it, so that side connected with me, and it was just like one of those things. Like I'm like, you know, this is a you know a gift. Um, this is really something that makes me feel good about who I am as a person. And uh, you know, I went went in the, went into the community college for a law enforcement degree, took the law enforcement test, did everything, um, but ended up going the direction of teaching. And um, you know, I did that for 13 years. Part-time, as I worked out, at it, uh, I was a labor relation negotiator after I got out of college for the state of Illinois for 11 years. So about 13 years, um, I taught part-time to go to work and then come come to the school, open up the door, and, and teach. And um, 1996, about the time that we met, um, I just made that jump. You know, the, the things were happening with the, with the movie and had a video series out, and I just thought, you know what, if I'm ever going to do this, and I do believe that there's a gift here, and if I'm going to go for it, now's the time to go for it. So that's Absolutely. kind of how I got there, and none of it was by design. But I
1: don't think really my story probably is so close to so many others. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I mean, it's almost as if you know a good majority of the martial artists started off the same way. Uh, you know, it was by accident. You know, I kind of yeah. I started my. I just wanted people uh in colons beat up you know and when i use as my partners you know in my training you know so but uh yeah it's so similar you know what i find interesting though about what you just said though too is that you know found this passion right and that that resonated with you and you taught for free pretty much you know and and yes. you know in the early days right and so many of us nowadays you know i'll ask a student and i'll say hey uh, Uh, you know, I'll call up a mom of a teenager and I'll say, hey, can, uh, Anthony come in and, and do, uh, you know, help us with class? And she, oh, is he getting paid? Like, I wonder, like, why people forget that connection that we had. What, you know, what do you think? And I'm kind of, you know, just a quick, you know, veer off. You know, what do you think? Is it, is it a different, just a different culture nowadays? Or are we different as teachers because, you know, we're not asking, we're maybe dangling the carrot of a career? Or what, what do you think? But I think probably so I mean at that point you know maybe it's the career
2: thing i you know that the downside to me of everything I just said and then teaching part time is you know i could I, I would i would get thirty forty fifty students based on you know let's use the word charisma
1: um, right or
2: on the fact that I cared and the fact that I came across, but no one ever taught me how to teach no one ever taught me how to do an uh an enrollment no one ever taught me how to do an intro and these were things in ninety six But I think maybe with how we are and our students see us different, you know. So for my instructor, who I never saw any of that because there was no sign of any – and I don't say this is degrading, but there was – it's going to sound degrading, but there was no sign of any intelligent business operation whatsoever. Right. Um, So it literally was that, you know, hey, you know, we're doing something that's more community service-based and – um, here, here's, you know, you'll get to come train with us and learn more about the martial arts. So maybe when they see us or, you know, in your, in your case, as you just said, the schools that have a, more of a commercial appeal, um, you know, maybe, maybe maybe they see that. Or maybe we are doing our job right. You know, I always like to think of it the positive way. We're doing it yeah. right, and if we do it right and make it look so good, why would they not want to be just like it? And, uh, you know, sometimes we breed our own, I always say we breed our own competition. So
1: right, true. Um,
2: eventually they're going to think, hey, I want to, you know, he's doing it. I'm that good. I'm going to be just like that. And then, boom, <laughs> there's just a way yeah. of doing it. So, you know, I, I don't know with, with the students. You know, in my case, I would have never thought about it, but I don't think it ever connected that this was a possible career. You know, and I can say that was, you know, that was, that was the semester of starting uh, January of uh, 1982. And, you know, in 1996, I still had no clue that it was, you know, a um, there was a business aspect to it, other than the fact that people were, you know, paying X amount. But I don't I don't think I had contracts. I don't think I had anything.
1: Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's interesting. Dwayne, any other insight on that?
0: No, I mean, I'm right there with you. I kind of fell into it. It was something that I enjoyed doing, and, and I can see how, you know, John's correct. That's probably the the bulk of us. We just turned our hobby into a career.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and now, uh, you know, quite a good career, of course, you know, we could, you know, we're just as, you know, independent, business owners, just as successful as, you know, and, and I hate to you know, say this, but, you know, lawyers, doctors, you know, some corporate owners and so on. Um, we run some really great successful companies, uh, you know, and, and what I company, I mean, dojos or schools, but um, yeah, the business side of it is just as you know, lucrative and, and equally as fulfilling. So, John, how many? Well, John, I'm kind of, the, of right, I'm, I'm sorry. just
0: going to ask that. That's, no, no, I, was, I wanted to give context to John's legitimacy. I was going to say, you know, John, uh, you know, how many, you know, like how many schools do you have, or is it just one school? And and just, you know, not that you want to toot your own horn, but sure. I want uh, the the listeners obviously to to have some context to you.
2: Yeah. Well, in in '96, um, you know, I knew nothing. So when I when I went full time in '96, I had still no clue. And I'm, you know, I, and I, I can remember, and you know, and again, and. and you know, I always say that the and I think this is important for a little bit of a background. You know, I've seen people who have started schools and I think sometimes they started for the wrong purpose. They started because they don't have a job or they started because, you know, something along those lines and and I, and I see this happening all the time and I'm just like, you know, in 1996, I was making 72,000 a year and I put my notice in to leave and I was offered $20,000 a year to stay. And I did that to go go make five thousand in the next eight months, eighteen months. I mean, which made no <laughs> sense whatsoever. So I'm always saying, you know, I didn't jump into it because I didn't. I walked away and I made a sacrifice um, to do it. And I think some people do it because they they see now, oh, you know, you could turn it into a business. You can do that. You know, if we go back from how it was viewed in 1982 to how it was viewed today. People think, oh, you know, I'm just going to do that now, and, you know, so-and-so lives in a nice house, and they do that. But they don't understand all the things that went together. They weren't there when I made $5,000 total income in 18 months, the first 18 months of going full-time and trying to figure out. But I knew nothing about it, you know. And um, here's how naive I was. Uh, Sean Flanagan um, told me to get with Unite. He kind of gave me some advice over the phone. This was before I knew Ali. and um so you know, and it kind of all comes back to that circle where Ali and was, Sean was in that same group, right? On 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 the cutoff.
1: But yeah, yeah. Became um, friends.
2: Yeah, so he gave me some advice, and he said, you know, and at that point I joined United Professionals, and I had signed up for NATMA. And right. Um. So I remember getting a call from Paul Garcia. At uh, you know, it, it was it was weird because I went from like struggling with that. I didn't have anything more than I had when I was doing part time. And then, like, the ninth month, all of a sudden, I had 100 people, 100 students, right. And then I had 125. Then I had 150. And then when I hit, like, over the 100 mark, um, basically doubled it, like, you know, in, in eight months, nine months, whatever it was, going full time. I remember Paul Garcia called me, and he says, hey, blah, 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 what are you guys doing? So I started saying, well, you know, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this. Here's how naive I was. I had no clue that. UP was even a consulting company. I just thought it was a billing company. I had no clue why the guy was even asking me what I was doing.
1: Right, right. Um,
2: so, you know, it was just I. I was trying to grab bits and pieces, and no one ever explained to me. You know, even then, I didn't have all of it together. So, anyway, I everything kind of took off. Um, you know, again, I. I always, you know, I. I never got to anything that I share where I. Where I achieved, I never believe any of it was brilliance on any of my part. And later when things sunk, I would say, well, it definitely wasn't brilliant. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I I remember starting that part-time, you know, going to make that full-time move in 1996. And by 1998, um, I had like 250, 300 martial arts uh, students uh, and still had no upgrade program, nothing other than a tuition check. Um, Right. And uh, things were just taking off and – uh, we had a lot of – I always served the community, so we did that. Um, then in, um, you know, fast forward to 2007, um, I, moved, I moved away for a while to work for United Professionals. I came back, and in 2007, I started – yeah, yeah, it was right at 2007. I'm sorry. I was going to say – I want to say it was November 2006 now that we're, now I'm thinking about it. But anyway, by um, – you know, in three years, we had 725 members, um, but that was also fitness, kickboxing, and some other things. I always tell everybody, it was about about 400 of it was martial arts. The rest of it was fitness kickboxing programs. Hmm. But, um, Whoa, you know, we, 400, we, we 400 it, we, we is it still it. amazing. Yes, yeah. And, you know, and it's, um, then I started second location, Dwayne, as you asked, and um, I've, I've done two locations two different times, and they, they've done well but then they've always slipped. And every time they've slipped, I've been in um, lease agreements where I've been able to pull back and put everything back under one roof and then try to regroup. So, um, and every time it was, I wasn't ready for two. Uh, We started doing two because we just thought, wow, more, more has to be better, right? Right. If there's any school owner uh, that's listening, you do two when you have a fully trained staff Everything is down from how you turn the lights on to how you flush the toilets to uh, when, yeah. you, when you order supplies and everything. I think all this – you that's when you have to have the business system down. Right, so, right. Um, I've always been able to recover well, but there's always been times – and I don't consider any of failures. I consider them lessons. You know, in the jiu-jitsu, uh, I'll never know how to get out of an arm bar until someone puts me in one. So, um, you know. Yeah, you, know, just, you know what, you what I know, love
1: – let, let me interrupt you a little because I remember a story you and I having in a conversation, and it was a really kind of cool one to relate to this. Um, and, and you were talking about some recent training that you did. You brought in Brandon Belicio at your school, but uh, we'll get into that in a second. But sure, you, then sure. we're talking about Hoist, Sensei Hoist Gracie, was training with you, and he mentioned something about how the arm bar is taught, right, or, or jujitsu moves are taught. And it's all. Do you remember our conversation about that? About the relevance of, the, of repetition and how we sometimes, as owners, forget that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. You know, and he's, You know, and put it to that. You know. Yes. Exactly. You know, I. My one of my struggles is. You know. Okay. Let's say I have systems in place. I've taught the the intro and how to do the intro, and I visit it once with you. Right, and then, I, then I, then then you know, maybe old schools would come in and we're like, listen, you're not hitting 80%. What's your problem as a program director? But the problem is I have – you may know an arm bar once too, but it's not going to mean you're ever going to pull it off when you're rolling because we got to tweak it. We've got to tweak every little interaction that's happening there. And where's your hips position? Where's the timing of it? Where was the balance? Was it the right moment? Uh, so many things, and, you know, and I, I really am trying to do more now to understand – that um that business side where I have failed is that right there. It's not get, having you here's your script, let me go over to an hour with you, I need to revisit that you know frequently with you just as much as I would frequently teach you this or that. so
1: yeah, and i I think if if that's the conversation you're referring to. Yeah, no, that is exactly it. You know, and I love it because, you know, like you said, here, here's a great thing for the listeners. They're, you know, there are school owners out there, some of them more successful than others in regards to what they consider success. If it's business, you know, more students may be making more money. That doesn't mean necessarily translate into success for everybody. Um, but um, if that's what they're looking for, to grow their numbers, grow their schools, sometimes we forget, you know. And, and by the way, when I coach, I might tell a school owner, you know, use this system and do that system. Number one, the first thing they do is change it and make it their own and they literally take it and revamp it and they, you know instead of giving out two months they'll give out one instead of using this color they'll do a different one they'll change the flyer they do everything they can to put their own stamp on it and then they wonder why it may not work because three or four right. steps are missing um but but the other thing is too is that we start something we're full of like you know energy and then, and, and I have this issue right now with my own team, which I'm going in today to my staff meeting to just go back to the basics and, and make sure that our systems are done exactly the way I want. Because, uh, you know, not to any fault of their own, sometimes they forget something. If they forget it more than a few days or an owner, three or four days, now all of a sudden it's a changed system because their memory only remembers what they're doing. And now the system's missing things and the results start to drop. So. I love that, you know, you mentioned that story because it, as owners, we have to constantly, you know, inspect what we expect and, you know, watch over our, our people to make sure they're doing their job the way it's intended to be done or following that system and so on.
2: Yeah. Well, John, and let, and me, let me ask
1: this. Uh, employees are I'm students, sorry.
2: you know. They, they really are. If we treat them as students, I think, you know, there, there's two aspects of what we're teaching. So.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I was going to say, John, like, well, you – I. I you know Ali brought up about the fact that you inspect what you expect but what you kind of spoke about was you know the problem is you didn't even know what to expect for quite a long yes. time and until you you know went to seminars or or bought programs or whatever it was or introduced right. to people like Allie and, and what have you and in, until us as school owners until we know what to uh, expect we can't even inspect and and i know well, that That sounds so basic, but that's exactly what you're pointing out is that we have to go back to the basics, or in some cases, we have to learn the basics and then really perform those basics to the, the best of their abilities and not just know them like, okay, yeah, you introduced to me the arm bar. Now I know how to do the arm bar. Well, conceptually, I know how to do the arm bar, but that doesn't mean that I can actually apply it when need be. And and that's what you're talking about. I mean, is that kind of the philosophy that you run your school under now or your schools? I mean, how many schools Absolutely, do you have? That,
2: that's, that's, I, I'm back to one school. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you have a and, satellite, uh, don't you have your satellite Well, school? I
2: do. I'm sorry. Yes, I do have a satellite program. So yeah, you, and, and, and it's not oh, like, oh, once- yeah, once- I have I a
1: satellite. It's, it's huh. not like you have a satellite school, you know, oh, it's this little tiny, like, three person program. Didn't you sign up, like, 60 or 70 members, like, within the first month or something like that?
2: Yeah, I, I, I've only advertised it twice. I have 52 <laughs> people in a program that's
1: literally two classes a week, twice a week. See, Dwayne, some of these humble owners, right, it's interesting. You know, they're like,
2: yeah, no, and they
1: forget, like, how easy, you know, and how good well, they do it. and they, you know. But that goes back to what we've talked
0: about before with definitions and, and you right. know, what John's definition of a school is might be different than, you know, somebody else's. But so anyways, you were telling us that's, that's kind of the philosophy that you operate your school or schools under now, right?
1: Yeah, you know, and
2: I'd hate to say it, but it was like this huge um, – you know epiphany a revelation yeah. that I had like you know what I don't spend I'm expecting too much you know maybe you know I, I think there's stages that a school owner goes through you can you know if, if you got if you're good at what you do and I think you have a little bit of personality and you put a sign on your door I think today you could probably get 75 80 members without really even knowing how to get them um, and then people go off and they go to a seminar they learn a couple marketing techniques. Then they learn how to do a six month versus a twelve month versus a you know, maybe a black belt program or a masters program and they come back and do it. But the day that you pass that off to someone else to help you is where my mistake always was. Is you know, maybe I picked it up this way and come back, but it, it meant different to me when when I read that because you don't have my emotional makeup, nor maybe you have the passion of walking away from almost making a hundred thousand dollars a year to do this. So it doesn't matter to you, you're seeing it as a job where I saw it as something different. So I think I adapted to that quicker. Um, I don't think it was because I was more brilliant, but I think that the emotional content behind me wanting to learn something like that was different. And, and and so it needed to be revisited with some your program directors and things. So yeah, the, the new thing is absolutely that. I I need to realize that just as every class we bow in and make a black belt promise to step on the mat and say, be my best. We need that same approach in our business systems with our staff. So, and how do
0: you, I, I, I would say, how do you uh, convey that to them? Because you had brought up the fact that, you know, your um, your employees, your staff are still your students, and, and not just in the physical sense because they're training on the floor, but they're your student of business basically is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. So we, we, are doing, uh, and again, it's not, I don't think it's anything unique that I'm doing. We have committed, uh, two days a week. We do physical training for 45 minutes. Um, a lot of times that physical training isn't just like with me. It's, uh, for example, uh, Bud, uh, who is my, uh, head, uh, instructor here at the academy with that position. He'll run the kids curriculum so we as instructors understand it and break it down the way that he's going to break it down that week not the way that we would teach that move but the way it is written for all of us to understand how it's going to be taught and what's needed if i'm assisting you need you need four square pads it's my job to get those four square pads and be at the edge of the mat ready for everything to go in in that order and then um i'll teach a mastery technique that for about 20 minutes and We'll cover an advanced concept that's maybe above and beyond what they're getting in normal classes as students here so they have a greater insight, hopefully. So that's that little gold nugget of here's something more. And then the rest, then the next 40 minutes is is 15 minutes of it is here's where we're at. It could be um, our numbers. It could be our marketing goals. It could be uh, how we're tracking uh, our growth, uh, positive and negative billing. Uh, how we want to grow every month, it could be these different things, and then it is scripting something and it, it could be that we're all let's go over phone script. How important is it you know and again, we've done phone script uh I can think three times in the last five weeks, so it's important and you know I don't have that down to a cycle yet of how often I think we need to do these things, but you know let's do them as same thing I don't necessarily have I know when my arm bar or my front kick's going to pop up in the curriculum. But let's. But a lot of times if I see someone struggling with it during sparring, we revisit it. That's how we're trying to approach that. So to me, that's different. Before it used to be, you know, here's our meeting. Here's what I want. Here's what you need to be able to do like I do, blah, blah, blah. And why are you able to do what I did? And now it's more of a we, and it's more of me giving time to help them be able to do that. So I think that's the, the big change that we're making here. So that, that 7.25, so sounds, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow that 7.25 away. So just stay tuned for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds to me like your, your staff meetings are more of a, of, a, of a living, breathing staff meeting per se. I mean, obviously you're covering whatever's going to be covered the next week or that week, but um, right. whatever you see or feel that is uh, needed at the time for, you know, your staff, uh, that's kind of the direction that you go. Um, do you, do you, uh, maybe different times of year, uh, purposefully hit different,
2: uh, topics? Yeah. And, and I, and yes, yes. And, and I, that's how I have not figure out, but everything is there. We have a, so we'll have a walk-in script. We have phone scripts. We have how we do our intros, how we're going to do our, our conversion from intro to, um, this. How do we handle the, the questions that are coming up with this? How are we making our announcements? All these things are documented, um, you know, and, and I think that's important too. You, I think we as owners do things so natural. Same thing, you know, I always go back to the martial arts. If, if we're good at martial arts, you can't do what I'm doing because I've been doing it for 39 years. You've been doing it for eight months. How do I expect you to be able to do that, that kata or spar as well as I make it look easy? So we right. have to go over it, and I need to do the same things with the phone scripts. So, you know, I look at that is just as I have a curriculum or I know this is what goes from white belt to black belt, I think we have to emulate that or mirror that on the same aspect of what our what our staff training is. And that's, that's really more of what I'm trying to do now. But all that stuff is written down. Um, I just haven't figured out how I'm going to put it in the schedule yet. Like, you know, is it a rotation thing? Like here's the 27th things on how to handle lobby and we're just gonna boom 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 and rotate and every twenty seven weeks we start again. I don't know that part yet, but it is it all is all there. And then again if I think if we have a uh you know what I'm doing is if I see a troubling and, and maybe you guys have a better understanding of that can help me there. Um or, you know, it's it's if I see the problem, then obviously it's 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 okay for us to digress from this direction of staff development training manual and approach what's happening on the mat and this is a huge area of you know like we we just lost uh, one assistant instructor um well it in, uh, in a year ago august we had our main kid instructor number or two i should say number 2 go off to the military and so we it's taken us uh, 8 months to get this person up and then we just added a, a second one and you know Every once in a while, we as a team have to realize that we have to help Austin. He's been here three weeks. He can't keep up with, with us when we're talking about this stuff. So, I think it's always tweaking. Right. What, what's the problem on the mat at the current situation? So,
0: and obviously that takes precedence over <laughs> other things because you see that it's a that it's a problem. I I and I want to just uh, kind of draw out a couple of things that you said. Number one is the fact that. Uh, systems need to be in place. And I like what you said. If you're going to open up a second school, your first school has to be so systematized that when you open up a second school, it's not going to be a headache uh, because you have a fully functional um, uh, staff already trained at one place, but then you you're, are able to duplicate and replicate that for the, the second location. But then the next thing that you talked about is the, the, the consistency with regards to both physical and uh, the mental training for your staff so the physical training is so important that you don't negate that but then also on top of that you're, you're teaching them how to you run the business the way that you want it to be run on a weekly basis and you're not just leaving it by happenstance which I love uh, I love that now would you say that that you are primarily a kid's school adult school and uh, and what are the percentages and if so why do you think you know that's the case
1: Well, Dwayne, before, could I just interrupt, John, before you answer that question? Don't lose that thought. I I just wanted to say that for the listeners that are hearing this, too, you know, whether they have a staff or not, um, and there's many school owners that don't have a staff. You know, they're a one man operation, they may have a few people who just help out. Um, don't fret, you know. Don't even if you have no intention of having a, a school where you have many instructors and you know fifty classes a week. Um, take this information that John's given you, um, that that this call is all about, and and you know, you know, still write down you know the things that are working for you. Um, and, and because you never know, there's an old saying that you forgot more than most people know, right? You know, so make sure you write it down. I still have a book. It's the funniest thing about, but that I used to write in, a diary. When I first opened in 92, and I would write out my classes, you know, little kids' class, you know, a teenage class, an adult class, and i keep a diary. I did that for like two years. I go back to that still myself sometimes and look at it and go wow that was a cool drill that I did or that was a cool combination of stuff I did yes. and I go back to it so um you know for those school owners that are not at that stage don't think of this as oh this is just a big operations call um take that to heart and uh you know and utilize what you're hearing because it doesn't have to be from multi schools most multi instructors and so on that's all I just wanted to yeah. add
2: and, and you know in in yeah and with with the school owners that are listening I think if if I would love to when, when, I, when I was that kid that raised his hand in 1982 said I would take it, um, it would have been love to have you know as what you're doing with, with your consulting, have to have that resource and to, right. to be able to use that and understand that that you know and it, what, whats I remember being told something when I was young it was don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. Well, right when you when you're answering the phone today and it's just you, write that down. And start doing your operational procedures for the school that you want, not the school you have right and, absolutely uh, put 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 it all there you know and i i don't I don't think that's gosh if if we grab it then and um you know sometimes I think that's there's a golden moment when you're by yourself because that's you and you're hungry and you're passionate and right. some of your greatest stuff is right there in your mind, you know, and i I yeah. think there there's you know yeah, there's so much resources out there, but ne- never neglect the fact that you, you have a way that you're talking to someone. Document that, because you've said it three times. You have a system. And write right. it down.
1: Very cool. Yeah, there's a great book, by the way, that Damon Johns wrote. He's from Shark Tank. Um, and it's called the Power of Broke, and it's all about passion. And he talks about multiple businesses that the reason why they're so successful now, especially him, you know, because he was selling out of the back of his car, he was going to flea markets, and now he's a millionaire, multi-multi, hundred, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but anyway, so Dwayne, could you go back to that question real quick that John was on? I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah, because Dwayne, I have ADHD, no. and
2: that's one of the reasons my mom put
0: me in martial arts.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, no, the
0: question was just, uh, you know, what what the percentage. Of your student population, adult kids sure and and uh, if one is well over the other, you know why do you think that that's the case
2: yeah we we I, I think we're probably like everybody I would say we we have a very good adult program that's always been good in numbers um, it's not unusual for my Tuesday Thursday night to have. Uh, 25, 30 adults on the on the basic mat, and then, you know, equal amount in the advanced class, uh, maybe 20-ish, maybe a little bit shy of that. But I would still say that we're probably um, – statistically, I did do the statistics when we were talking about our marketing with the staff. and It was really more to show them. And I, I want to say we were like at about 73% of of the academy is kids. And the, most, the majority okay. of the adults, too, by the way, are families. They're parents. So, you know, I think kids and family would would uh, probably identify us more
1: than, um, this, you know, having a, an adult program. But Wow. Yeah, but you have, I, I mean, I look at some of your adult classes. Like you said, 30, 40 people doing, you know, self-defense and jujitsu and so on. So that's a yeah. good thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and I'm,
2: uh, yeah, and exactly. You know, and it says, I was talking about the, the, the satellite program. You know, I have 11 adults out there, and, again, I've only I've only advertised the place twice, maybe. Right. Because <laughs> right. I'm at capacity. But I, and that's the, it, I'm not right. telling you not to advertise. I'm at, like, I did it. I thought I was going to have a little satellite program. I thought I was going to do a six-week program. 20 minutes from here. It's where I live. It's where I grew up. And uh, people kept asking me to do it. And I thought, you know what, okay, okay, I, I don't want to be the guy that keeps saying no. I'll do a six-week program. I'll do it on the two nights that I'm not at the academy. And uh, I'll get twelve, fifteen kids, and then hopefully, if I do my job right, five, six of them will make the drive into Springfield, twenty minutes, and, and join the program. Well, I ended up with thirty-three kids on a six-week program, and uh, then I had like 27, 28 of them wanting to stay. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so in the same thing though, if you if, under that scenario, the statistics are a little bit different. Um. So I'm only at like, well, you know, not too far. What is that? Maybe about twenty percent, fifteen, twenty percent are adults out there. So That's right. Which
0: uh, obviously, if you're, you're, if you were to grow the program, it would eventually, pro- you know, in most cases, be close to what you currently have, anyways. And and because yeah, the more kids yeah. that you have in it, the more of their um, uh, parents would be involved.
2: So, yeah, and you know, that, um, and that was one of the things when when the 725 was there. You know, sometimes you need to reflect and think. Okay, um, and, and Ali, this is something that he, Ali and I were talking about the other day, and it was on this line of conversation here. Is you know, the 725. A lot of those were parents, and one of the things that that I probably did was I would run um, between my two basic kids classes. Um, I had a cardio fitness kickboxing in the next room going so a lot of it was a natural thing for those parents to get out of the feet on the bench and on, on the mat in a different program so you know that, that kind of helped with that with that contributing factor but you know um I, I don't want to digress from the direction you guys are going but it makes me think of this conversation this was Allie and i were talking about this um i want to say thursday when we were we're on the phone and I said, you know, sometimes when I look back, I'll, I, I try to reflect back, and I think it's good to reflect back and think of um, the good. It's good to pat yourself on the back and say, I did this right. But we also have to acknowledge the things that we have done wrong. And, um, you know, what is it that took me from zero to 725? It's an honest question that someone posed to me one day. So I started looking at things, and I started going back to my phone scripts, just what like we just talked about. And I started looking back at job description I started looking about how we did and I started seeing that you know we don't do that anymore we don't do this anymore we don't do that then I started looking at the context of it and you know I, I have a, uh, a program director that was new so we diluted some things in the scripting to make it easier for them to be more successful but what we didn't do we, we never revisited that and put it back into the system that we wanted or I have an instructor that's not able to he's not really good with katas so we don't do katas now but you know we're going to put it back in it so I think it's very easy as a school owner to start changing your systems to fit your staff and I think there's some validity to that and it needs to happen but I think at the end of the day it's more important that you get your staff to be able to do the system because I can't get the seven and Ali alluded to it a little bit ago I can't get to 725 if I'm not doing everything exactly the way that I did it And I need to correct the mistakes, but I also have to acknowledge what was right.
1: And and also to, one other thing, and I'm going to use me as an example. You know, sometimes it's called you know in the corporate world it's called golden handcuffs, right? Where you know we hire someone who is is maybe not a high performer but a middle performer, and we say, well, we were high performers, but we put someone under us that takes our place, yes. and they're a middle performer. But you know what? We you know we get a little bit complacent, we get a little bit burnt out. All martial artists go through it, where you know you had are filled filled with piss and vinegar. You could teach every little warrior class from two years old on up to adults. You, I used to do jumping jacks and sit-ups and exercises with every single class that I taught. Now I'm like, you know, you know I can I'm 50, 52 years old and haven't done that as much as I used to. I, I'm not going to say I can't do that. I just haven't. I got lazy in right. a way. Um, you know, so we then say, okay, well, yeah, that guy's not going to do it like me. You know, that old saying, if you can't do it, you, you know, if, if you can't get the person to do it right, do it yourself. I don't believe in that. But however, yep. sometimes we have to find someone to do it right, just like we do it ourselves. Not be satisfied with not having the results or the quality that we we used to get when we did it ourselves. Sure, right. right. You know,
2: and in, and there fair. is a, you know the way that we're doing it is a system. If we if we record it and train, right. You know, yeah. So sometimes the answer within ourselves if we look. Right. And then other times we need to find that answer that's out there. Yeah. With, with 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 groups, you know, as yourself and. You know what? What you guys are offering on the consulting side, people need to take advantage of those things, and they need to get those answers if they don't have the answers, or to put it in the right context. You know, um, right? Sometimes I think the the downside to listening to people um, on the consult. There's so many things out there. It wasn't all that in the beginning, right? as, as I was saying with UP. I didn't even know that they had a consulting area. I was just sending right. my contracts over. That was back in the day where you faxed your contract and they entered them. Yeah. Um. But um you know it, it there today there's maybe so many. Right. And everybody's got great advice. Um and but I think we, we as owners, especially if you're a newer owner, you need to be careful that for two things. One is not everybody has your best interest at heart. I right. know you, I know I know you do. Uh there's a lot of consultants out there that don't. And sometimes right. consultants haven't proven it on the map themselves. You know, right. my jujitsu I do with Hoist Gracie. Why? Well, Hoist proved it. Yeah. His father proved it. His brothers have proved it. So I don't yeah. question that choke. I know it works. Right. Um, so I don't have to reinvent it. I just need to understand it. But there's some people out there with, uh, oh, you know, we're doing the, the flying thing now with our arm bars. Check it out. Right. Well, you know – are you doing that because it works, or are you doing that because you need relevance as a consultant to make me think there's something different I need, but it hasn't right. been proven to work yet? And I, right, you know, right, exactly. I think they have to be careful there. But, you know, uh, again, another thing, you know, Ali, again, on when we were talking last week, is just you and I as friends, um, you know um, – there was someone that, I, that I, I, I felt that they were taking something out of context, and you got to put it back right. in as a school owner. You have your philosophy. You have what you're trying to accomplish. What I'm trying to accomplish may be something totally different than the Taekwondo down, guy down the street, maybe totally different than the MMA school across across town. Right. What I have to do is understand what am I doing. And sometimes we get off path to what we're doing. And uh, there was a guy that was that, um, you know, um, Brandon Belisio's service is, is amazing. And he made a comment that he doesn't use contracts. Right. And I heard the person say, you know, I like that, I like that. And the question is, why do you like that? Do you like that because that's great advice and it fits what you're doing, or do you like it because you're not an adequate programmed person and you can't hit 80%? Right. Because if if you're doing it because of the second one and you don't have over-the-top service like Brandon does, Right. Then that 30-day that ain't going to work for you. Exactly. So you need – I'm not saying don't do that. Then you got to say, if I do this, here's what I need. My my, Your floor better be over the top. Your customer service in the lobby, your your everything, every experience from smiling at someone when they walk in the door better be on top because if it's not, that 30-day is going to be the thing that, that kills you. And I see so many people grab hold of new things and the martial arts in a box. And um, – Yeah, and one one thing too.
1: There's a lot of vendor shows out there we gotta be careful about. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I would add, you know, if we just took our martial arts, and, I, and this is the way I think, like if a guy comes to me and he says, Hey, I'm, I'd like to be your student, but I train at a BJJ school, at, a, at a, a Kung Fu school, and a Taekwondo school, I'd say, Maybe you shouldn't train with me. Maybe you should just focus on those things. And that's yes. the problem with our industry today. There are so many consultants with different philosophies. I bet you almost, right. you know, let's, pre- right. let's pretend there's 10 out there and they all work, but you can't follow 10 different people. Um, right. The way you'd be able to follow and dedicate your life to one, maybe two, if yes. that. But you really got to focus in on your technique. And and Dwayne and I are big for this. We have a few sayings. We usually say, "You don't know what you don't know." That's the first biggest right, problem. Right. Most love, martial artists them. think they think they know it all, right? <laughs> And, and, you know, so that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, we always hold up our quote fingers. We're always talking about, you know, people who are, you know, they're caught in the blender. They're kind of on a daily basis. They're doing the same thing over and over again. It's like Groundhog Day, but not, not knowing, you know, how to change it. They just don't know what to do. They don't have the mental knowledge. We call it our pillars of success. They basically don't have the foundational qualities. It's like a doctor not knowing how to, you know, stitch someone up after the surgery maybe or, or you know, prescri- right. prescribe medicine. Anyway, so, yeah. uh, Duane, do you have any other things and thoughts? Because I know we're running we, – we could go on probably do this three or four different sessions because this is a great call. And, John, you're amazing. It's just the knowledge is just endless.